0: People are making change. You do see the people uniting together as one for the first time. All political parties, all sects are uniting, almost all, and there have been some small changes, but it's proof that together we can be strong. people don't care anymore they yeah. don't care about your religion they don't care about your sex they don't care about your gender they don't care about anything anymore they just want to live and everybody feels the same way no mm. matter what socioeconomic class you come from mm. everybody has had enough and everybody has is struggling some more than others but they all just they all want to live they want a comfortable life a lot of women are leading the protests now
1: leading yeah.
0: and there like there are a lot of women groups you know hmm. starting their own movements for the tho
1: right and we didn 't see that at front and center before we
0: 've never seen that before. I would really like to see women being able to give their nationality to their to their children, um, divorce laws changing for women. Yeah. I, I would love that i 'd like to be optimistic and say um, I hope this revolution does allow for at least women's rights to be higher on the so it's still agenda. M-
1: more hope than actual I
0: think at this point it's still more hope.
1: Yeah. But you also said the class and economic uh, sort of differences among the Lebanese are being they're being overcome to a degree. You see all types of Lebanese holding hands yes. and demanding change. I sense that that was always in the background but now it's really being addressed for the first time and that's because we're all feeling a sense of pain an economic pain that we haven't felt before would you put the burden on what we're seeing now on the economic crisis or do you see it as just the expiration of a political system that doesn't work and I think that, it's
0: a combination of mm, both mm. I think it's it's both yeah there, it's the economic crisis definitely but it's also a political system that's outdated yeah. and and has promised change and has not implemented anything they say they're going to do but they're not doing anything yeah. and it's been going on for over a decade so I think it's it's a combination of both definitely
1: and I ask you because I know that you're in a way you're a self-made woman and you've kind of Created your own career in Lebanon. Do you think that this revolution will bring back a sense of economic sustainability for someone like you?
0: I, I I want to be here. I want to build myself and my country. I really do before I go anywhere else. But but I and I and I am pro the revolution as well, but it's just I, you know, we've been patient with Lebanon for so many years. Really, where do we? what do we do now? The economic crisis has never been so bad.
1: Take me back in time because you are very good at my life. <laughs> Before we started recording, you told me distant stories about my past. And I forget, it's good to remember that we know each other for a long time. Even yeah. though we we're not maybe friends, yeah, yeah, yeah. we were in school together yeah. in the early 90s, we were we in the same we school.
0: Moved to Le- my family moved back in 93.
1: Okay. Same year as so, us. Yeah. yeah, So we literally entered the same school together.
0: Yes.
1: We were a few years apart. But yes. Regardless, you remember my life more than more I than do. More than you, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, we're too young then maybe to think politics and issues that are larger than us. We were kids. Going a little further, by the time you started your university career and the moment you started exploring your own business ideas, were you optimistic back then about the future of this country, this reality that's hit us now? Did you ever feel part of that when you were younger?
0: No. Uh, Growing up, especially in my teen years, I was very optimistic about Lebanon. I was very pro-living in Lebanon mm. and I, you know, I'd say I'd want to leave, but then I would, I would never leave. Um, I was, no, it, it, I never felt the way I feel now.
1: Yeah. So this is the first time that it's hurt this much too?
0: Yes, definitely. And there was a period when Lebanon was booming and it felt, it felt so promising. Like I wouldn't even understand why people were leaving at that time.
1: when, when is that for you?
0: The early two thousands.
1: Even though things were not great.
0: No, they weren't great, but there was a lot of hope. Yeah. And things seemed to be moving forward and the energy of the city was different. What do you mean by that? People were more were more willing to take risks in terms of businesses, in terms of
1: Oh the economically, the e- economically yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is why a lot of people that are older than us are even more cautious, and we are cautious to a point, but the older generation, and maybe you felt the same way, they would always say, don't protest, don't waste your time, go abroad, Yes. work abroad, yes. it's always get out, get out, get yes. out. And I think that's embedded in us that we should leave. The younger generation it's striking how they're not even hearing that, saying no we're gonna stay and we're gonna make sure it works. And I think we are the bridge between caution and hope. Th- that kind of level of re- hesitation to be fully on board and also expecting the worst at the end. I think we've seen both and maybe yeah, it's harder yeah, for I us
0: think, to. Yeah.
1: Now I'm going to get out of our negativity for okay. a moment and go to the positive. Okay. And the reason I wanted to talk to you is because I like all types of expression in this country. And expression is not just words, it's not music, it's not art, it's not for that matter uh, chants or film or literature. Expression is everything, the way Lebanese express themselves. And there's an area that I'm not too familiar with. I think you have found a way of making our cuisine delicious with your own recipes and in your, in your sweets. But I think you make it easy to really to navigate the cuisine. And I'm a fan of one of your books, which is Sweet Levantine, and I've actually given this as a gift myself to other people. It's heavy, but it's worth it. And you really find a way to illustrate our cuisine at its best. Because it's not easy. I mean, it's really not easy to do this, and it's it's both photo-heavy and it's also ingredient-heavy, which I like. But I want to ask you, is there something about your own identity that you're trying to deliver by making Lebanese cuisine and Lebanese recipes accessible? Because it's not I mean at the end of the day we're in Lebanon we know what our cuisines like and we know what the sweets taste like but you've kind of contributed your own spin on things are you trying to express Lebanese identity your way through your through your books
0: so I'll start with the first book um, it's more of a tribute to my to my family so we we have uh, we have farms in the south of Lebanon mm-hmm where um, so by hobby my dad likes to farm so we have a lot of fresh produce at home Mm -hmm. and he distributes wholesale so so we grew up I grew up around a lot of fresh produce at home and a lot of the meals we ate were made from fresh ingredients
1: so the fresh component to it it's something you took as a child? Yes, from, it's okay. something
0: I grew up with. Yeah. When I decided to write the book, I wanted to, to write a book about recipes from Lebanon, mm-hmm. but then I noticed that it's, they're not originally all Lebanese recipes, they're actually from the Levant, which right. is the Fertile Crescent, right. hence the name.
1: Right, you don't call it the Middle East harvest or you don't call it even the Eastern Mediterranean. No. You're specifically saying Levantine. Yes. Okay, so that that comes from your childhood memories of fresh food from your father's farms.
0: Yes. Through research, I realized how healthy Lebanese food or food from the Levant is and how popular it is on an international level. So I decided to take recipes from my mother from her friends from my friends mothers and simplify them and then sometimes i would give them a modern twist yeah. so for example i i have a lavender halavieh <laughs> i have uh, i have uh, a cheesecake
1: wow so and these are things you
0: these are things i I, your, I, I, yeah. I i mean i researched yeah. but i yeah i i created the recipe on my
1: and I'm curious here because I, the only other person that is in the same field I spoke to is the owner of Elili Restaurant in New York, Philippe Massou And his restaurant, I think, he would say that first and foremost, it's his interpretation of Lebanese cuisine. And I sense that you're doing something similar, that it's a personal sort of reinterpretation. Yes. Of, is there any hesitation when you try to sort of play around with food in Lebanon? Is there any sort of do you get any negative reactions from people when you're sort of venturing your own way and kind of reinterpreting do people give you a hard time or you're, is it
0: yeah you're going to have a lot <laughs> of negative feedback especially from the older generation who think they their recipe is the best and the way they do it is the best yeah um, but you also have the, the other side where people are, are amazed at how you can make a Osmali cheesecake or how you have a halewi cake with caramel yeah. sauce. So you, you get both.
1: But it tends to be the younger generation's more interested in the twists. In the twists, Okay. Yeah. I mean, are your parents, because I'm guessing that they're curious about what you're doing as well. Do they have their own sort of hesitations
0: well at the beginning i think um yeah they had their reservations they had their hesitations they weren't sure what i was doing (laughs) um but but no but after after they tried and they saw what i and understood what i was doing yeah they 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 joined in and they started helping me and they started so they they're part of it as well well, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the book, yeah, I mean, it's inspired mm-hmm. by them, yeah.
1: So, okay, okay, yeah. great. Do you still have these farms in the South? Yes, we do. Good. Is this sort of a way to kind of make the Lebanese reappreciate their history and kind of hold on to what they're letting go
0: of? Yeah, it is. It mm-hmm. definitely is because um, our food isn't as complicated as we, we our grandmothers and aunts made it seem.
1: That's interesting.
0: Our food is, <laughs> is very fresh. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm taking people back to basics.
1: You went to the UK to study culinary craft, I guess. Yeah. Cordon Bleu.
0: Bleu. Yeah.
1: This is not an easy task to re- reinterpret Lebanese food in Lebanon. And you go to one of the most well-renowned culinary schools, and you come back. Sort of make your way back. Do you feel like you've met your goals?
0: I mean I still hear people talk about how Lebanese food is so difficult to cook and how mm. it's mm. so time consuming and how it's it's just it reminds them of their grandmother and their and their aunts and I wish you know like
1: in a negative way. In a
0: negative way.
1: <laughs> That's funny, it reminds or, them or of their how, family. How, and about or your- how
0: <laughs> or how they don't have time to make all of this and they don't have time it's just really like, you know, the way. Yeah. I mean, just simplify it. I wish people could just, you know, like, they they could understand that it's not that complicated. It's not that difficult. Right. Right. And the primary target of this first book is young women, mm-hmm. um, or men, who have left Lebanon, and need to need to cook for themselves.
1: Oh, I see. So it's really meant for Lebanese who would who would live abroad. It would be harder for them to
0: have Lebanese food this way. Yes, and then the secondary audience were the expats.
1: I see, okay. Now I like that the first book, which is called Levantine Harvest, it says flavors for all seasons. And the second book, I like the sort of the the twist, if if you'd let me uh, say that. Sweet Levantine treats for every season and occasion. It's almost like the sequel. Yeah, I guess, yeah, exactly but it's focused on the more sugar friendly yes. aspect of Lebanese cuisine I don't know any other book that has Lebanese sweets like this one I've looked you, maybe I'm wrong you can tell me if I'm wrong but I mean the book makes you want to eat sweets makes you want to yeah. gain weight
0: yeah it does
1: and I think thanks to you I've been gaining weight <laughs> and it's not again I don't want to speak uh, just about the photos are stunning but I know that the ingredients are really what matters here. It's a very special way of celebrating something that I don't think a lot of us realize, which is Lebanese cuisine is not just what we know; it's whatever you want it to be. And I think you've done that well. What what inspired you to do the sequel? Because so I actually know your work through the, the Sweet Levantine, the not second from the first book. One.
0: So the first book is sort of like an ode to the family yeah but the second book is me
1: it's entirely you
0: it's me and i also focused a lot on simplicity and basics and fresh harvest and local flavors
1: okay so it's really you're you're not focusing only on the lebanese part of it you're sort of integrating all types with lebanese here so it's not lebanese only if i understood no, the right.
0: desserts aren't purely Le- lebanese right, or right. from the levant I'm okay. taking the flavors from yes. the Levant, right. and from from the Fertile Crescent, and I'm putting them into what people call today Western desserts okay, or so American so desserts.
1: I see. So the, the idea is to really bridge these two regions together through yes. the sweets. Why are you doing this? I'm curious.
0: This is how... Th- at least I've realized my generation and the younger generation mm. are. It's not the typical Lebanese or Arab thing that they like. They like things that are sort of mm. are different.
1: And I'm sure that there's identity problems in the mix because <laughs> it just it's such an eccentric but delicious way of making Lebanese food taste better. Is the target at the end of then making Lebanese adapt or are you trying to get the other audience to maybe adapt? I to think
0: it's a combination of both. It's mm-hmm. letting the Lebanese adapt, but it's also allowing the foreign audience to adapt. This book received a lot of positive feedback from people in Lebanon, more mm-hmm. than the first one. And it also uh, received a lot of positive feedback from the from foreign audience. Okay. Um, equally. as as much as the first one did. The chef who wrote the foreword of my first cookbook, Mm. Chef Greg Uh Maalouf, is uh, Lebanese of origin, but he grew up in Australia. Mm -hmm. He's the master of modern Middle Eastern cuisine. What I've tried to do in my second cookbook is sort of modernize the Middle Eastern desserts. I mean, you have knefe with strawberry coulis. Uh It's a bit yeah. different. This is what Lebanese restaurants are trying to do, at least the ones that are more trendy.
1: I see. In Lebanon as in well. In
0: Lebanon and abroad.
1: Yeah. Right, right. So you're test in a way you're testing the boundaries of Lebanese food.
0: Lebanese food and the flavours, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. What is your favorite recipe from the second book?
0: The cheesecake. I didn't even need to think about that. I didn't even need to think about that. The cheesecake in both books, I absolutely love. I was on a mission <laughs> to perfect my cheesecake
1: that after sounds,
0: culinary school. I was like a, on a mission for two years. That's a
1: pastry chef's yeah. Uh, yeah. For nightmare. two years,
0: I would test different cheesecake recipes until I finally reached what I think is the perfect and cheesecake sorry, you, recipe. Here. Oh, here it
1: is. Okay, yeah. so it's page 211. Orange, cardamom, and ricotta cheesecake. Yeah. Who do you test this on? Is it friends and family? Or like, try I this? I try
0: on friends and family. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. And I send to people. I send, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of people who are guinea pigs. And if you don't give constructed feedback... Well, they become guinea pigs they become, you keep feeding Yes. Them. If you don't give constructive feedback, mm. like positive and negative, yeah. you won't get...
1: Another sample? Another sample. Oh, wow.
0: I need constructive feedback.
1: And how... It took two years to get the right...
0: The, the, the cheesecake to, yeah. to perfect it, like find the perfect recipe. The per, Yeah, it took me... Two years? Two years. And a lot of people are like, that's insane. But I mean... I yeah, I'm very proud of my cheesecake. But okay, <laughs>
1: you know that's actually that's perfect. I love it. I'm, I'm really proud I'm of my pr- cheesecake. I'm so proud of my Usually cheesecake. Usually, it's I'm proud of my child or yeah, yeah,
0: no, 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 my cheesecake. My
1: che- Well, you know, maybe it is. I mean, you raised
0: it for two years. Two years. You- I, I researched a lot about it. I read mm. a lot about it. I asked a lot about it. Mm. Um, it was like I was on a mission. Like there was, there was no and then so is it a chemistry lab? are you like yeah, yeah, mixing <laughs> things? so I uh, any explosions at home? <laughs> <laughs> when you get to it's just it's just through research that you re- you reach you realize that this is this is it. it's it's still jiggly from the center but not too jiggly there are no cracks it's slow baked you open the oven at the end you, you, let it, you let it chill in the fridge.
1: This book was published, if I'm not mistaken, the first one was 2016 and...
0: The first one was 2016, the second one was in 2018.
1: 18. Are we getting a third
0: one? Not anytime soon. Not anytime soon? soon? Not Good, because
1: I can't gain any more yeah. weight. And just out of curiosity, as someone who's devoted their life to food and sweets and as a pastry chef, how do you manage to stay so thin and make your audience get fat. And you are as thin as I remember, and all you do is make sweets. You're experimenting on sweets, and yet you stay so thin. How do you pull that off? Is it gym? Are you a
0: runner? No, I... Are you an evil chef? it's uh yeah I, I exercise I cycle oh okay um, but also I've over the years it's I've learned to balance honestly it's it took a lot of trial and error to yeah. I mean because when I first started off I used to like overeat good uh, so you did this, yeah you did yeah make... yeah I did but okay. it but I've but I started baking at a very young age, so mm. that was when I was much younger. And then, as I grew older, I, I just learned that, you know, one bite is the same as ten. <laughs> <It's not laughs>
1: I think you should have that in bold in the book as a warning. You know, one bite, one bite is worth ten. Ten,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've I've had to. It, I've I mean, for for health reasons, I don't want to have too much sugar in my body. So right yeah I've, I've had to try to find balance so it, it wasn't easy but yeah. I, I did
1: because it's very easy to get seduced by this food and yeah <laughs> end up 300 kilos happier but miserable too yeah laura <laughs> thank you for these two books thank and, you uh, i actually i'm really delighted that i discovered the first one today and uh I think I should hire your photographer <laughs> yeah photographer. she's amazing she does the, a good job she's
0: a food photographer food stylist Joel Kanaan. okay for the second book the first one was a really really very talented British Lebanese photojournalist mm-hmm. her name is Natalie Naash
1: but you had to get rid of her
0: no, <laughs> no, that's not the case.
1: She's still with us. Yeah. She was
0: still. I. I. She was still. I mean, I st- asked her before I had met Joelle if still she would here. shoot the second yes. one, but she couldn't.
1: So you so cheated I on her again. I cheated
0: on her. I in did. a
1: relationship with someone with else with another a...
0: photographer. Okay, I did. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs>
1: as long as there's no hurt feelings. no, no hurt feelings. Yeah, so exactly. These two books are fantastic, and I think Thank they're also you. a needed respite from. The political problems and the economic downturn. I think it's a nice way of stepping away and exploring our identity, which seems to be uh, preserved despite all that happens. So thank you, Lara.
0: Thank you.